0: Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Hawks Postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere, but here at Locked On, I'm Tanitra Batiste. Alongside me is Deshaun Tate.
1: Tanitra, how are you?
0: we are going to talk about? In terms, of, and when I say that, I kind of pause because I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> ultimately speaking, I know that this was one of those tough ones for the Hawks. Mm. And by the way, of course, you know this is the best home for your Hawks talk. It's local. Any insight you can't get anywhere else, but here at Locked On, and of course, that guy is the Sean Tate. I'm the nature, <laughs> but uh, and so you know, let's get all the pleasantries out the way because I think for me, it's it's. Weird, And I know we're going to talk about it, but we've talked about this before, how there are these wins where it's not a, a moral victory per se, but if you look at the landscape of how the loss came about, you can't be as frustrated with some losses as another. So we'll talk about that. But of course, just want to let you guys know before we begin that this episode is brought to you by Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. And of course, the Hawks locked on postcast is part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Now, like I said, Deshaun, it and you know, it's technically the third game in a back to back to back because yeah, they played a quick yeah. game today against Toronto, and then the Hawks played a quick game Friday against toronto and then they had to flip and head to cleveland for this game so when you look at the score when you you know when you look at 127 and 119 of course uh calves get the win in that regard it's one of those where you say to yourself and and this was your takeaway the Cavs did what they were supposed to do in taking advantage of a shorthanded team We have part one of that and then i'll come in with my takeaway from part two
1: for sure. You know, I think besides the fact that it was good to see this team be able to score at least 100 points, something that they've been consistently a team that have done um, over very a lot of a, a ton of games. Uh, but I think what this is where you start out at is Clint Capella, the the piece. You know, he may not necessarily be the heart and soul or the most vocal leader and, and piece. But when you start talking about the front court, that is the guy who has been the most consistent, um, the most persistent um you know the guy that has you know really been the savior a lot of times on the defensive side um that you know a lot of times when trey's defense was not as improved as it is and guys were just going past him, everybody's mm-hmm. kind of leaving it wide open for clint capella don't worry about it we got clint down there don't even worry about right. it kind of thing and he's yes. not the only one that 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 there's been those instances so i think just from that standpoint uh, you know, just not having Clint Capella and just the uncertainty of not having guys in the lineup. Uh, I think that's the frustrating part. But I think that what people miss is because the center position is essentially becoming somewhat extinct in this league. People yeah. tend to forget about exactly how important it is and not having him on tonight. While they did compete, while they did yes. cut the deficit, I still think that it was a detrimental asset more so than sometimes it is from the guard position where they come a little bit more a dime a dozen.
0: Yeah, and I, I can respect that, especially for what Clint brings to the table. Like you said, he's the cleanup guy. And the assumption is always, well, you know, CC, he'll get at it. And yes, yeah, CC is a pretty solid room protector, especially for this team, right? But I think for my part, too, of uh, looking at what we saw tonight and saying to ourselves, hey, self, self, the Cavs did what they were supposed to do in taking advantage of a shorthanded team because essentially, You had no bench, you had no bench depth and you didn't have the guy who could come in and maybe give you some boost with maybe just a couple of key threes. Because we'll talk about this in the second seg, the fact that this was another one of those games where there was an even stat line between the Hawks and their opponent. But you can't deny the very gentleman that you just spoke up, Mike Capella, that when you look at him in the Raptors game, the Hawks were plus 21 when he was in the lineup same thing for Bogdan Bogdanovich. The Hawks were plus 20 when he was in the lineup. And both of those guys played very, very efficiently to make sure that the Wednesday game we saw, where the Hawks fell just short, ended up being a blowout game against the Raptors on Friday. So yeah, I definitely think when you look up and down the roster, and of course we know that low-key A.J. Griffin has been out with for uh, due to personal reasons, for the last couple games. And while it doesn't give you a whole heck of a lot in terms of productivity because he doesn't get a lot of minutes, what he does give you is an additional option for scoring. And with short, does- yeah, go ahead.
1: I was going to say they're short on bodies right now. You know, we're talking yes. about there being instances where at first there wasn't, you know, Trey. And then I think at one point in time there was Trey, but there was no DeJounte for a very small stint. No DeAndre Hunter, which is becoming a way too much of a consistent thing for my liking. I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about over right. the course of the the since he's been, you know, an NBA player. Yeah. Um, Even more so, you know, not having Capella on tonight. Jalen Johnson goes down as. As well, you know AJ Griffin. I'm almost at a point now, Tanisha, where I'm asking, I'm ready to ask Quinn, "Do you got a medium in the back?" Like I'm, I'm at that point. You know, what I mean, throw me a jersey, coach. Put me in, coach. Like the old saying goes, because they could pretty much use all that they can get. If I can't do nothing else, I can at least, you know, maybe sink a couple free throws and certainly pick up a couple hard fouls.
0: Yeah, and. I think that's why Seth Lundy was able to get the call-up and did quite well in his call-up. Now, tonight, he was a DMP, which was a coach's decision, right? And that was kind of tough. So, I don't know. It was very, very interesting. I know we're going to talk a little bit about some other players when we come back, right? Or one player in particular that I have a question for you, and he's he's another guy who gets called up sometimes from their Skyhawks team and then kind of goes back down to the G League. But particularly with Seth Lundy, I thought with his performance in the Toronto game that maybe he would have gotten some playing time tonight, to your point, where they're shorthanded, A, and B, he's a guy who, because he didn't play a full game with them, he would have been fresh legs, fresher legs.
1: I was going to say the last thing before we cut to the break is that, you know, feel free to hit us up at Locked On, ATL on, you know, social media on Twitter, at Tates Take Hoops, and at Tanisha Batiste. you know What are your realistic expectations now that we're kind of seeing it becoming a little bit more consistent where you're going to have to depend on one of the Matthews, if not both of the Matthews? What are your realistic expectations? And are you satisfied with what you're getting out of Sadiq Bey? Because yes, while he is one of the more consistent players on this roster, balanced on both sides of the ball, you know exactly what you're going to get out of him. Yes, of course, that's a plus, but you are limited to exactly what it is. Like it's not going to, it's going to cap out at a certain point and it's not going to go beyond that point. So, you know, do you kind of grow a little bit of frustrations or are you absolutely okay because you know exactly what you're going to get that you're only going to get what you're going to get? So there is some positives and maybe not necessarily negatives, but some pessimistic side and some optimistic side as well.
0: I would agree with you on that. You kind of have about three or four guys on this roster where the ceiling has hit. The ceiling is the ceiling. So if the ceiling is the ceiling for them, kind of where do you go from here? And we kind of know where they're going to have to go. They're going to have to go out and get some more talent when the opportunity presents itself probably sooner rather than later. But in the meantime, you've got to figure some things out to be a bridge. Jalen Johnson's still out with AJ Griffin out due to personal reasons. And who knows whether or not, Bogey will be back in time for, say, uh, the Pistons game on Monday or another road stretch that they've got next week. Now, when we come back, of course, we will talk more Hawks cast in the and one. And don't forget, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lo- lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, guys, when you think about needing a little financial help, it could be because it's the holidays and maybe you need a little bit extra, just to put a few extra gifts under the Christmas tree, or maybe just like most of us are from time to time, the challenges don't kind of match up. The money ain't mat, money, the math ain't mapping. or as my mother would say, more month than money. Well, that's where Dave comes in, right? They can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. They would have been so useful when say someone got an expensive parking ticket or maybe you had an unexpected bill hit you. That's when you would need a Dave for some extra cash. Now it's a banking app. And that's basically one that levels the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest. And then settle up later. Now, how do you get to Dave? Pretty easy. Download Dave today at Dave.com slash NBA. That's Dave.com slash NBA. Again, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. Download that app. And, of course, terms and conditions will be actually put out there or, I guess, spelled out, if you will. And you can go to Dave.com slash legal. member FDIC, eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. And... These services are provided by Evolve. So, Deshaun, again, this is one of those interesting games. You and I, it seems like we've said this at least four or five of the last of the Hawks games, right, where we look down the stat line and we see something like even the stat line tonight, Hawks, 48% from the field, Cavs, 48 and a half, three-point line. Actually, the Hawks a little bit better, 41.7% from three, and the Cavs 38.1% from the perimeter. Dead even free throws. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, we could go up and down, and yet somehow the Cavs had a lead of 23 points at one point. Now, granted, a lot of that was built in the first half. Hawks had the excellent second half. But when you look across the stat line overall, why were the Cavs able to still pull this out even though they were outscored in the second half, but the Hawks couldn't complete the comeback. Yeah, I
1: think it was just a matter of, you know, some of the things that don't show up on the stat sheet. You know, when you start talking about some of these second chance points and able to get to the ball faster. And, you know, obviously the rebounding differential was was different. Um, you know, amongst some of those things, fast break points, some of those some of those little things where the Hawks were just clearly undermanned. And I don't like to be the person like, oh, well, come on. I mean, that's captain obvious, you know, that's staying the obvious. And, um, you know, it's almost like uh, uh, trying to take the easy way out. But like, if you're watching the game, it's not very often that sometimes you're watching the game and the stat sheet and the scores and the, you know, highlights and everything else is matching up. I mean, it just matched up. They were shorthanded and it's one thing to be shorthanded and shorthanded at a position of which you're typically deep at, but in a situation where you're already, you know, thin in the front court, Plus you're missing front court players. I couldn't imagine DeAndre Hunter is a hundred percent, but felt like he, you know, yeah. probably needed and had to play in this situation um, because there was no Clint Capella. I'm even right. curious to know. Again, hit us up on Locked On, you know, ATL, Natanichi Batiste, Nat Taste Take Hoops. How do you feel about seeing someone like Oyeka Okongu getting, you know, extended um starting time you know he's just one of those pieces that we thought we might see more often when there was no more John Collins could he be a starter should he yeah. be a starter would he be a starter he's not a starter we like him and the idea of him coming off the bench tonight was not one of those nights where you could afford that yes right. he did contribute relatively well so mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest with you some of these things is it's it's filling while it is giving some optimism and and glass half full some of this stuff is kind of and I'm not saying this is the case by any means but some of this stuff is starting to feel like a tank job, although it's not. Some of this right. stuff is starting to feel like even, it's starting to feel like the Detroit Pistons who's on a terrible losing streak, although it's not. But it feels that way because your expectations for this team, while it may not have necessarily been great or contend for a championship, it is that it would be significantly better than what we have been seeing, especially losing seven of the last nine.
0: Yeah. And that's a little bit of a shift because I know you and I had talked about the fact that it wasn't as frustrating as maybe it would have been a year ago. And maybe it's still not because last year it was more of the consistently inconsistent, like on 10 and this year at least, and that included not being competitive. Whereas this year, even in the losses, you're seeing more competitiveness. So with that kind of, I'll call it a five degree shift. Was that something because of what you've seen across these last couple of games? Not so much the one that they won last night, but the ones prior to that and even tonight?
1: I think it's a matter of just getting close. You know, okay. we could talk about being close and it's like we're almost there or we're losing by a. You know, by a, um, you know, by a possession or we're losing by two possessions and we're already shorthanded. So it doesn't feel as bad as it may look to some people who may did, maybe didn't see the game, but they, it was mm-hmm. kept so close throughout the duration of the game. Yes. That's one thing. But I think that we have gotten to a point where there's been so many. Games mm-hmm. in a row that you can say that about, and it's starting to feel kind of tiring, it's starting to feel mm-hmm. kind of exhausting. You can't, yeah. it's hard to yeah. find terminology and words to describe why one game was different than the other, and why you do yeah. find, you know, a reason to be positive and you know, have an optimistic outlook on what the future does hold. I know one thing, and this thing is for sure, I wrote it down in my little handy dandy notebook here, Tanisha. I need to see more during the trade deadline for my pain and suffering. That's just the way that it is. Point oh, blank, period. Period. Yeah. Point blank. Everybody feels the same way. If you're telling me that all of this is going to lead up to, I don't know, and I'm just throwing Pascal Siakam or whomever they may be, Laurie Markkinen, I don't know who the player is. If you're telling me that it's going to lead up to something that's like, all right, I'm willing to sacrifice what we, you know, had to, you know, kind of go through for this, then that's one thing. But for to see it staying pat that's yeah. something that i would deem as uh, as as you know unacceptable and um oh, yeah. that's probably the only word that i can use is unacceptable with the frustration that i'm feeling right about now <laughs>
0: right and like i said that's a little bit different because you and i have kind of taken a different take or a different tone but it does in moments get frustrating because you you are saying to yourself like okay like the up and down of it like i really felt confident that the Hawks were going to come back and win that game last night against the Raptors. I felt like they were going to split it. And I felt like the Raptors were going to win the first game of the two, the back to back. And then they won the second. I knew it was going to be a daunting task to beat the Cavs as well. But what you're basically saying is it's tough when you have to go back and forth, regardless of the reasoning Mm
1: -hmm. behind
0: the up and down and the back and forth. And I hear you on that.
1: Well, and I don't think that's the only piece, but some of these are against teams that you feel like, all right, I can understand, you know, the three-game losing streak. I can understand maybe the four-game losing streak, but once we start getting into numbers like five and it's against teams that you should have gotten wins against, I get it. Indiana was hot at that time. I get it. You know, Cam Thomas ended up coming back, you know, for Brooklyn the second time around. I get it. You're playing against the Sixers, and Joe Embiid is just ridiculous, and Maxie's starting to look good. But, like, at some point, it, yeah. we're going to have to dead this thing. And it can't yeah. just be about when you're playing the Pistons and the Wizards.
0: Yeah. And it can't also all the time be, well, we were depleted, but, and and don't get me wrong. We do acknowledge that because yes, we look at the stat line and we're, you and I are always looking for when it's that even stat line. Okay. Well, where were the areas where it wasn't even? And you called one of them out earlier, which was points in the paint where the Hawks were outscored 60 to 42. And I wanted to call one out as well that I saw. And that was the offensive rebounds because it was an 18 to six margin. And so when the Cavs have 18 rebounds, offensive rebounds, that means you gave them a boatload of opportunities for second chance points. So if this is a game that they won by a mere eight points, well, one one of those margins easily gives you Gives the the Cavs the win over the Hawks, but again, it does get a little frustrating after a while to have the conversation about well, you know, they kind of have people out because then it becomes well, you could have played Seth Lundy, but it was a DMP coach's decision, or Bruno Fernando gave you sixteen points and eight rebounds in eight in thirteen minutes, so why didn't we see more of him?
1: I think this is more so not even as much about the players and whatever else, and maybe not even necessarily the coaches, but like. Not really being in position just in case some of these things happen again. I hate to, you know, beat a dead horse with a dead horse, but on the front office, if I'm just being honest. I mean, listen, you know, not only are you putting Oyeka Okangu in a position where he is essentially the only guy up front that you can really rely upon right now. Yeah. Yeah. but you've also got him working on his perimeter jump shooting for crying out loud right. and taking some of those shot attempts and trying to get better i'm not sure i want this to be the instance okay if you're up 20 on somebody 25 30 points in the fourth quarter that's a different conversation but where's muhammad gay who i think is a pretty good player you've i don't know if he's in... a
0: couple times. Yeah. exactly
1: and and, and i <laughs> i think he can be good for this team he's got some size i mean At one point in time, Trey Young was, you know, leading this team, I think, at the half and rebounding with, like, four. So it's like, we need some size. Let's start rolling guys out here. We're bringing guys back from – it's a two-way contract for a reason for a lot of these guys. I would be really interested to see what we would end up getting from somebody like a Muhammad Gay because I think that that is something that we probably didn't realize that we had in the bag before that we actually, you know, won't know until we roll him out there.
0: Yeah, and I think it's one of those where – you know, you're just kind of still waiting for that opportunity for him to come back in the lineup as far as health goes. And, of course, same question, not so much for – well, for depth. So not so much as a starter per se, but just similar to Muhammad Gay, you'd be looking for a Kobe Bufkin to come back and give that depth. So we'll talk a little bit more about the Pistons game. The Hawks going to be back home on Monday. And it's not so much for us conversation in who got next that relates to getting a win to as it is more of a conversation of who's going to be a go again. We'll talk about it on the other side. All right, it might be prize fix time for you. Why? Because it's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS, daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. So instead of battling thousands of players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. So if it's basketball, for example, one thing about Trey, Trey is going to trade. And I say that in a positive way, because if you look at the stat line, we're talking about another 30 plus point game tonight, 35 points. You heard Deshaun mention it, four rebounds along with 10 assists. That might be a guy where you might want to take a chance and say, hey, let's see if there's a combo there. With how he shoots, or DeJounte Murray had a good night 21 points, six assists, and three rebounds. Could that combo be a winning combo for you? Well, prize picks will tell you about whether or not it could be, and they'll even offer a reboot policy so that your entries. Stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. And for the Hawks, you guys know that's terribly important because they're starting to become decimated by injuries. So if you want to learn more about PrizePix, of course, go to prizepix.com. But you can also go there and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit matchup up to $100. Again, it's prizepix.com slash LOCKEDONNBA. And, of course, it's all about the daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Deshaun, we're not going to even pull hunches because at the end of the day, this isn't even about a game. Like, ooh, keys to the game. Because normally Tate and I will give you guys keys to the game as we wrap up. This ain't that last segment. This segment is about who is actually going to take the court. How many minutes are going to be played? Is this an opportunity to evaluate and get some guys to really, really step up? Should you have Bogey still out with illness? Should you have Clint Capella not in the lineup? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Here's my question. And again, I'm going to throw this out there one last time at Tanitra Batiste, at Tates, take hoops, and at locked on ATO because I really want the people, you call right. yourself diehard Hawks fans and Hawks nation and true to Atlanta, keep it true to Atlanta. We're tapping in with us. I'm interested to know how people would play played this situation. You got a game against the Detroit Pistons coming up. They're in a 23 game losing streak. Okay. Exactly. In this situation, do you sit the players. Considering, we know that they all do it, they sit players to get healthy when they're playing bad teams, dot, dot, dot. Do you sit the bad players to get healthy, right, or do you play the players that can technically play and be active to Mm -hmm. prevent being that team that, you know, the Detroit Pistons snapped their 23-game losing streak because that's a bad look for whoever that team is right now. Like, they just set franchise records on this. So I'm curious to know how the people, you know, really feel um, about that per se. That game is obviously going to be coming up, and Detroit's going to, you know, be trying to do any and everything that they can to try and get a win. They might just have a parade there downtown uh, when they do eventually snap this. But you don't want it to be against you. That's all I know. Yeah. But what, what what is your take on that, Tanisha? Would you would you play them, or is it all about getting healthy? And it's just one game during the regular season. Who cares? Because we got bigger fish to fry.
0: Yeah. Well, you better be careful. You got to strategize it because, as we know, that rule has changed for load management for the 2023 season. So when it comes to your star players, which typically would be your starters, you've got to be careful how many of them you actually don't play at one time, especially if that's not a pre-approved person to be out for the load management piece. So that's kind of the first part. And I think the second part is just making sure that it's the right combinations. Like if we're going to use this as an opportunity to kind of look at some lineups, well hopefully you get Clint back because then you can people are really liking what they're seeing out of the Clint Capella Anyeka Okongu matchup. So it'd be a great opportunity to kind of see that matchup if at all possible, which would allow you to then maybe see less of Sadiq Bay in the starting space and maybe more in his more comfortable space, seemingly, which is a part of the uh, bench mob, if you will. Or, I think the you know last what?
1: thing for me to that I was going to say in regards to this is like, you know, in this particular instance, you know, do you, how do you go about defending and just trying to find offense in the front court because of the simple fact that if you're already thin in your front court, it's like unlikely that Jalen Duran is even going to play, but they're big up front. You got a Isaiah Stewart, and these are physical guys. These aren't guys that's just like, you know, can barely, you know, they got sh- gum nailed to the bottom of their shoes or their shoes is nailed to the floor or anything like that. These are young, athletic guys who are hungry and very physical, very athletic pieces. You also don't want to be the team that gets destroyed by flashing the pans or. Has beens or guys that just never seem to make their way in the NBA, like James Wiseman, where all of a sudden he looks like that top three pick in the NBA draft that we have never seen. Also, Marvin Bagley looks like the number two pick in the draft and beats the guy who is arguably the best player selected in the 2018 draft being Trey Young because they both came in at the same time in the same season. So, I mean, you don't want to be that team. That is a very bad look for Atlanta. I would imagine. I don't think that they're going to get threatened by any stretch of the imagination by losing to Detroit, but the same way that, um the Cleveland Cavaliers did what they were supposed to do and take care of business against a team that they were more superior than because the team's you know primary pieces in the front court were hurt. I'm going to need Atlanta to do what they're now supposed to do and return the favor and take that frustration out. Now on Detroit and do what you're supposed to do against a team and extend I guess that losing streak to 24.
0: Yeah, cuz you don't want to be Yeah, you don't want to be that team that ultimately is the one that hands them their first win in weeks on top of weeks on top of weeks because it's always, and and sadly, yeah, but it's always been weird these last couple of years with the Pistons and Hawks. The Pistons seem to give the Hawks fits, and you know at the end of the day, the NBA is still a league of matchups mattering. So we will see, of course, like we said, it shouldn't be about a win or loss because this should be a win for the Hawks. It may be more about an opportunity for Quinn Snyder to play around with his lineup and also to see what he can get from guys as they're looking like they're about to go through a stretch where they're up and down because of injuries. Listen, we appreciate you guys for stopping by the Locked On Hawks postcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And for more on the Hawks tomorrow, make sure you check out Locked On Hawks with our guy Brad Rowland.